Hashtag Wanderlust with Tim Go only on Money FM 89.3. Time for another hashtag wanderlust here on your lunchtime. I'm Timothy Go, and I have uh, some things I want to talk about with experts. I don't know if we're going to be able to find solutions for it. First of all, if you've used your miles to tra- to book tickets for the rest of the year, what are you going to do now? And uh, because you're not going to get money refunded for those, and also how governments can be uh, can help with some airlines who may be. Well, already struggling even before COVID-19 hit. And now here we are with this problem. Joining me is Aaron Wong, the founder of MileLion.com for another chit chat here on Hashtag Wanderlust. Hey, Aaron, thanks for joining me again. Yeah, it's great to be here. Okay, first, let's start with governments and what they can do. Should governments be subsidizing or using taxpayer money to save an airline uh, if they encounter uh, trouble as we move forward to this very challenging time? Yeah, well, that's the million or rather billion dollar question, right? Because we are seeing different governments adopt different policies. I'm sure most people are aware that Singapore Airlines has received a a major financial, uh, a, a major piece of help from the Singapore government recently and they're not alone because all over the world we're seeing legacy airlines even coming under great pressure. Uh, we saw we saw Avianca in South America go go bust uh, without any government support, and we are seeing uh, a lot of, of of airlines saying that if if we don't get a bailout within the next couple of months, that's that's basically it. Mm-hmm. So th- th- there are several things that governments can do. Uh, obviously, the the the, the most obvious one is to just go in straight with, with a bailout package. Uh, but it, it's not always so straightforward because you have to think about what type of airline it is. Uh, all things equal, governments are much more likely to intervene for a flag carrier as opposed to a privately owned one. So if you look at the example of Australia, right, you've got Virgin Australia filing for bankruptcy protection. Right. Now, they are privately owned and operated carriers, so they wouldn't be first in line for a bailout compared to, say, if someone like Qantas got, got in trouble. Um, and, and, and furthermore, even when, when, when a bailout happens, uh, the airline may turn around and say, this isn't for us. And right. we're seeing that right now, amazingly, with Lufthansa, uh, because Lufthansa has just turned down a potential bailout from the government because it's not agreeable to the terms. So it's not as simple as the airline saying, gimme, 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 and the, the government just dashing out the cash. These are often very complex arrangements that may or may not involve the government taking a stake in the airline potentially even privatizing it. Um, and as much as governments do want to save jobs in the airline industry, they also have to remember that airlines are just one of many industries that are going to be suffering from our COVID. Okay, well, if you look at it in a different way, an airline or a flag carrier, for that matter, is an essential service in many ways for a country's own interest as well, right? Yes, it is. Uh, assuming it is the only game in town. So going back to the example of Australia, it's good that you have two airlines for competition. Mm-hmm. But uh, is it absolutely essential that Virgin Australia stays above water when you are contest? Probably not. Okay. Uh, so you mentioned a bunch of airlines. Let's just go through some of those who have filed for bankruptcy protection uh, that we know of. Uh, Avianca. Yes. Uh, I think Latam very recently Latam also very did recently. that. Yeah. Um, what will happen to these airlines then? They have, I've received emails to say that they will continue operating, so there's nothing to worry <laughs> about if you have bookings with these airlines. But then what happens after that? 
and you also have uh, Thai Airways, I think, closer to home, right? Thai Airways as well. Yeah, so it's it's very hard to generalize because there are many ways that this could, could go. If you look at Thai Airways, for example, I do suspect what's going to happen is there's going to be debt restructuring. Mm-hmm. I do think that there may even be staff cuts, though those are always very unpopular when you're dealing with a national flag carrier. But have to um, be done. But they have to be done. Uh, we may also see things like renegotiated uh, payment terms with aircraft uh, manufacturers. So that's actually what Singapore Airlines is doing right now. They are negotiating with Airbus and Boeing to delay the delivery of some of their new aircraft because they already got an overcapacity problem. Mm-hmm. Um, on, on, on the whole, however, I, I think uh, in the case of an airline like Avianca, uh, where the Colombian government has uh, has so far given no indication they are going to do a bailout. I do think in those cases, we may see some legacy names disappear, uh, not because uh, the airline has done anything wrong per se, it's just that they, this, this is kind of an, an, an unprecedented time. And without, uh, without government backing, I just don't see any way they'd be able to raise capital from the private market in the quantity they need to get through this. Which is worrying in many, uh, many ways, especially for people who have existing bookings and have rebooked because they couldn't get a refund or are holding, mm. uh, a travel voucher, for example, in some of these airlines. So let me give you a personal <laughs> example here. I have Avianca points that have expired and I've booked tickets all in, all the way until 2021. So yep. the first one has been canceled for May, uh, and they still have not decided how to repay me for this um, because the miles have been are expired. Yeah, well, in the specific case of Avianca, what's important to note is that Life Miles is a separate legal entity okay. from Avianca itself. So on paper, Life Miles has its own balance sheet, its own books, its own assets, which means that the current reorganization process that's, ha- that's happening with Avianca does not affect Life Miles. So now, you're, you're saying now that if you have points with Life Miles, um, you can still book with other Star Alliance members? Exactly. Exactly. Because okay. it is Life Miles who is doing the reimbursement for the other Star Alliance carriers and not Avianca itself. But that being said, I do understand the concern because Avianca is a major source of revenue for Life Miles. And therefore, I mean, it, it doesn't always stand to reason that just because uh, there's a separate legal entity that the frequent flyer program can survive the airline. We saw that with uh, Air Berlin and Top Bonus a, a couple of years back. Air Berlin went bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Top Bonus was its separate legal entity frequent flyer program. But without Air Berlin support, Top Bonus also went bust and investigate the mouse holders were left with virtually nothing. Right. Okay. Uh, so in terms of that, then let's talk about people who have significant amount of miles that they usually use but now can't use. Do you know what will happen uh, to these frequent flyer programs and status and miles? So, again, depends very heavily on the airline. I guess we maybe can use the example of Singapore Airlines because that's what most most people here will, will, will have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, frankly, have absolutely no concerns about my Chris Flyer miles uh, because we know that the government has said in no uncertain terms they are going to support Singapore Airlines. Okay. Uh, the, what Singapore Airlines has done uh, on, on, on their part is they've offered extensions of miles that are due to expire. So if I recall correctly, any miles that expire between April and August this year get a further six-month validity, which they're going to review in the future if, if a further extension is needed. Uh, Singapore Airlines has also extended the elite status of people in the Chris Flyer and TPS program by a further year. 
So obviously a lot of business travelers can't go anywhere now. They don't need to worry about requalification just yet. Mm -hmm. So, sorry, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so these, these, are, these are things that the airlines around the world are, 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 are doing, uh, right? extensions of miles, extension of, of, of status, uh, with the hope that, you know, miles and status basically lock you into an airline, right? The, 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 the reason why I continue to use the Singapore Airlines ecosystem mm -hmm. is because I have Chris Dyer miles. And the hope is that when, when, when all the dust clears, right, I still have miles. These miles still have value for me to use, the, to extract the value. I have to fly on Singapore Airlines. I have to use credit cards that earn Singapore Airlines miles. And that all, all helps their, their financial position. Which uh, brings me to the, 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 the statement that the IATA uh, Secretary General, Director General, Alexander de Juniac, made um, two months ago, I believe, urging governments not to force airlines to give cash refunds because they won't be able to survive if they do so. Uh, so I'll give you an example. I got my travel vouchers from Air France, which then stated that if you don't use it before they expire, you can have it refunded as cash. Yeah. Is this a practical thing to do or should in places like the United States, airlines are forced to give cash refunds? Now, yeah, here, I mean, I, I support the airlines a lot, but here, here's one place where I do draw the line because I, I, I just disagree with that approach completely. I don't with think travel voucher approach. Yeah, look, I don't think it's fair to expect consumers to be giving interest-free loans to airlines, right? That's, that's not their, their, their job. <laughs> And at least what we're seeing in Singapore is that Singapore Islands has come out with a very clear and unambiguous refund policy. Right. So they, they just extended it as of today that any flight that takes place before 31st of July, uh, provided you bought it before 15th March, which is when the MHA had uh, announced its ban on non-essential travel, mm -hmm. uh, you will be able to get a cash refund or bonus flight credits if you prefer going that, down, down that, that route. But at least offering a cash refund, right, which is more than I can say for a lot of foreign airlines. Now, I completely understand that they have cash flow needs. I understand that, that this, this is, it, they have to hold on to every piece of cash they can. Mm -hmm. But hey, that, exactly the same applies for consumers. You know, I don't want to have my $1,000, $2,000 tied up with the airline not knowing when I'm going to get it back. I just don't think that's very equitable. Good way of putting it. One more thing I want to bring up is Qatar Airways having this very, very flexible, generously flexible plan that they've put up uh, a couple of weeks ago. What are your yeah. thoughts on that one? Okay, so for, for, for those who, who don't know, uh, about a couple of weeks ago, Qatar Airways came out with this amazing new reporting policy. Saying amazing is a good way of putting amazing it. Amazing is probably an understatement, probably a bit too amazing, saying that if you buy a ticket with us, right, mm -hmm. uh, you have the option to cancel it and get a 110% refund. So theoretically speaking, you could buy a ticket, cancel it straight away, and earn 10% more right, in terms of your flight credits. Uh, or more interestingly, you could change the destination anywhere within 5,000 miles of the original destination. So, for example, if I bought, say, Singapore to uh, Paris, I could change Paris to, say, uh, New York, because New York's within 5,000 miles of Paris, and pay no difference at all. So, it was kind of an amazing opportunity, because what you'd have is people looking for the absolute cheapest route they could find, mm -hmm. and then trying to parlay that into a much more expensive ticket by changing the destination. So, yeah, I mean, it, I, that's probably one of the unintended consequences, but it is within the letter of the law, and I know people have been doing that. Uh, Qatar Airways has been tightened the policy a bit, saying that you need to wait at least 14 days after you buy before you can change your destination. However, they're still keeping the 5,000-mile change radius, uh, which 
you know, it's, it's obviously going to cost them a lot of money, but not as much money as buying empty plane. So it's, it's really fantastic, and I encourage people to take a look at it. So do, have you? Uh, I haven't, because I want to get your thoughts on it, but uh, should people take this risk if they have the excess cash and time anyway? Yeah, so that, that, that's a very important condition, right? If you have the excess cash, right? Obviously, if, if your cash goes tight, you, you should not be tying up money in, in etiquette. But that, that having been said, yeah, I, I, I think there are great opportunities to be had here. So uh, this is an example out of Singapore. I mean, specifically, our, our flights out of Singapore are quite expensive, mm-hmm. but there are destinations that are particularly even more expensive. So uh, if you were to book Qatar Airways, say Singapore to Athens, I believe that's typically a lot cheaper than booking, say, Singapore to London. Uh, but what you could do is book Singapore to Athens and then wait 14 days, change Athens to London, pay exactly and the then same change fare. your mind. <laughs> yeah, right. And later on, if you still can't travel, you're still eligible for a 110% refund. So uh, you don't really lose much. I mean, your, your cash is tied up. But like you said, that cash you've agreed to play with anyway. It's like earning interest, right, with with an airline and yeah, helping them at bit. the same time. Well, thank you very much for sharing your insights uh, with us once again. Aaron Wong is the founder of MileLion.com. You can always read his thoughts and suggestions uh, on MileLion.com online. You're listening to Hashtag Wanderlust right here on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at MoneyFM893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.